Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We want to thank the following people for going to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons and supporting our show. So a huge thank you to Derek Haynes. Dr. Jason Woods. Jamal Newman. Melanie Harker. Allison Keene. The one and only Sean Paul Ellis. And the amazing Dave Trumbor. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it might sound kind of weird that we are thanking some familiar people and ourselves in this list, but we want to let you listeners out there know that we are not just asking you to support us through Patreon. We are actually putting our hard-earned dollars uh, into the show as well. So we just want to say thank you to those who have supported. And for anyone who can't but would like to help that, help out the show in some way, feel free to share our Patreon page within your social media circles. It would really help a lot. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you going to patreon.com slash Cartoons to sponsor and support our podcast. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from nowhere, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. <laughs> Joining me as always, everyone's favorite half-spartaxian, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? <laughs> uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, but I want to hear more about your half-human, half-spartaxian lineage. I never knew this about you, but I'm like super excited to hear more about it. Well, you know, I'd say the challenging thing is I don't want to give too much away as like a stinger. Sure. Uh, because I want you to watch my upcoming movie that I have. Oh, yeah? That's coming to theaters soon. Like how soon? Like pretty soon. Like in like three, four days? <laughs> yeah, like three, four days. <laughs> like around the world, three, four days? Guys, this Thursday, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Heck yeah. And you should absolutely check it out. It looks truly wonderful. Looks fun. But And in honor of that show, guys, we're going to be talking about the, the animated series, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the, like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is the animated series that's on Disney XD. It's currently in its second season. Uh, so we went back and revisited both. Well, I watched the first episode to kick everything off, and then we both watched the, like the highest, highest rated episode of that first season. So we're going to give you a taste of what the animated series is actually about. Maybe talk a little bit about how well it connects to the movie-verse itself and those characters, and how it stands on its own, and whether or not we think it's worth watching. So right. this is this is gonna be a fun one if you're fans of GOTG. Ooh man, we're dropping the GOTG. I can't with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't have this. I don't have the breath. I have not been practicing my breathing. Can we? Do you just want to say Guardians? We just Gar- say, can we just let me let me see GOTG. Truncate it. Guardians. To the Guardians. Guardians is good. Guardians is Guardians? Only three syllables. Yeah. Okay. We're saving one syllable, right? Yeah, but if we say it fifty times, as we probably will throughout this hour. Uh, that's a lot of syllables saved. And for every syllable saved, you feed another hungry child. Oh, that's yeah. in some off, off-world planet somewhere that yeah, we're never actually going to see? No, not What here. do you think the galactic version of Sally Struthers is that's sort of oh my trying God, to get she you to donate? Looks exactly like, like a dollar. Mojo from <laughs> the X-Men. <laughs> just, oh, just crying and like rusted cybernetics everywhere. <laughs> such a sad image she's like for a cup of space starbucks for a cup of coffee that's made with literal stars every day for the price you can you can pay you can feed you can feed an entire solar system because that shit is expensive but it is delicious i really hope that it's something where you know other 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 worlds come to our planet one day and they're just like 
how much is a cup of coffee? And it'll be like, woof, don't even get us started, friend. <laughs> like, we're going to get along famously. <laughs> if any alien civilizations are currently listening to us, maybe hold off on visiting Earth for a few years. Roughly yeah. three to seven years, no, I would like, say. I, I'd come now. I'd come uh, now because I think I think whatever you're gonna do is going to uh, is gonna rival whatever's happening down here, and is gonna kind of take away from that pain. You know what? I'm good with an alien invasion at this point. I'm actually I'm good with it. You know if what? If they're hostile, I, I'm totally fine with it. I'm okay with it as well because yeah. I just watched Independence Day Resurgence. I did too, and I did. And not. nothing nothing can go wrong, guys. Nothing can go wrong. No, everything goes according to plan. Everything's according to plan. Just get in a school bus and drive it into it. Never mind, we're not even going to talk yeah, about it. Not even a, it's a completely separate podcast where yeah. we just rail on bad movies. It's going to be a six-hour-long podcast. Just Guys, about if you want to, if, if you want to listen to it, just listen to the podcast. We hate movies. I'm sure if they haven't done it already, they're going to do a famous job of. Just completely eviscerating that fucking film. <laughs> uh, fun fact, those guys are actually in town as we speak. Not That's as right. you're listening to it, but as we speak. How about that? Fair, fair enough. Friends of the show. Okay, yeah. so back to what we were talking about, cartoon time tonight, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Sean, buddy, give us a brief history of this animated series. That's actually relatively new and one of the most current ones that we've ever talked about on the show. Right, right. So Guardians of the Galaxy is an American animated television series based on the Marvel Comics superhero team of the same name. It was produced by Marvel Television and Marvel Animation. The series airs on Disney XD, and it premiered in 2015 as a part of the Marvel Universe block. While the series serves as a continuation of the first film's plot, the film's director, James Gunn, has stated that it is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, nor connected to the future film or its sequel. So, it's an important... Yeah, it is important. That's it, not really, it, like... It, surprising though no i mean at no point did i think that like they were gonna kind of throw or, or mash a bunch of stuff in i mean like when you have a when you have a cartoon mm -hmm. series that's gonna be 18 to 20 minutes you know a couple times uh you know like 26 episodes for an entire first season you're gonna probably put a lot of extra crap in there that they don't really want to touch or, or really get into during the movie itself or it might just take a storyline from like the comics that they're they haven't planned for the movies you got to remember that the movies are scripted out like a year or more in advance right definitely usually more so uh, especially because this for guardians of the galaxy volume 2 has to kind of fit in with the rest of the marvel cinematic universe so they're obviously all marching towards infinity war and its sequel so that script had to be locked up a ways ago right so in order for the cartoon to kind of like stand on its own there's no way it's going to tie in with these things um so it's kind of cool because it's free it gets to do pretty much whatever it wants yeah but it is styled off of the characters who we meet in the movie so it's the same kind of design different voices and we'll get into how well that actually uh translates between uh... the two sean's got the grunts yep he got the grunts Got to grunts. But to grunts. while I'm working out my grunts over here, why yeah. don't you tell the people who are not familiar with, uh, with the Guardians uh, what, this, what the synopsis of the show is? I will do that as long as you can promise me to uh, occasionally populate this with some grunts. <laughs> Absolutely. Well-timed grunts. All right. Let's do it. So Guardians of the Galaxy team consists of Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, great name, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot. They have obtained an artifact called the Spartaxian Crypto Cube that is tied to the Spartax race of, of Sean's parentage, by the way. <laughs> Inside is a map leading to the Cosmic Seed, a powerful weapon that is capable of creating a new universe. 
the Guardians must find and destroy the Cosmic Seed before it can wind up in the hands of, oh, I don't know, Thanos, his minions Ronan the Accuser, uh... Nebula, and Korath the Pursuer, or the Ravagers, led by Yondu, and anyone else who would abuse its power to threaten the entire universe. In Season 2, which we won't get into tonight, but it's, it's a cool uh, tease because that's currently ongoing on Disney XD, the Guardians get their hands on a sarcophagus that was found uh... on Thanos' asteroid base that has strange abilities and is later stolen by Yondu. The Guardians work to find the sarcophagus while competing against Mantis and the Universal Believers. Now, uh, if, I, if I say the word sarcophagus, does that mean anything to you <laughs> in the Marvel world? Uh, it doesn't. Does it? Should it? It doesn't. It totally should. Oh, who is it then? It totally should. I'm not going to spoil know. it for folks No, come on. Spoil it. Uh, okay, if you don't want to know anything about it, then just like skip ahead like 15 seconds because I'm going to say sure. a spoiler now and Adam uh, or, or War, War, Warlock and I can't remember his name, and I just said it. Adam or Warlock, right? Known as him. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, in the, in the sarcophagus. Oh, from Secret Wars? Yes, originally. Yeah. No shit! Yeah, I actually had this cool uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book that went through their entire history, and it was actually through Warlock that uh, I think Drax was originally introduced. Looked very different. And I think Gamora was actually introduced through that as well, through like a Thanos storyline. So this, I think, is his kind of cocoon or sarcophagus. I'm not 100% sure on that yet, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So okay. we'll, see. we'll see if they continue with that or not. I haven't kept up with the series this season, but quite possible. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So tune in. Oh, uh, that's As fun. for season one, um, do you want to jump into tonight's talk? Now, you watched, the, you watched episode 22, is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay, well, that's, it's not going to matter what episodes we watch until we kind of get to the plot a little bit later on, because they all shared more or less the same characters. Sure. Let's talk about the theme song, or lack thereof. Uh, so if anybody's ever seen a, a Marvel movie where they, they have that introduction where it's comic book pages that are kind of uh, being you know, perused, yeah, and by then Stan suddenly Lee. just ruffled by across Lee. the camera, just, by <laughs> just ruffled, <laughs> ruffled the entire time, and then uh, it just kind of slaps the uh, the Marvel logo on top of it, and then you get kind of like a quick bump for it, and yeah. that's that's it, that's, that's it. it. There's like that's a little it. fanfare, a little space based fanfare in the background, and that's about yeah, it. that's about it. That was kind of disappointing. You know, I thought for I thought for a movie that had such rich and interesting. And, and wonderful uh, 70s rock music mm. uh, that they really would have incorporated maybe something, anything into this, uh, even just like, a, like a, a very quick like guitar kind of riff because of the fact that Peter Quill is so obsessed with music. Right. And they did not put anything in here. So I was actually really, really disappointed. Felt that it was a lot of potential to tie into Star-Lord's character and his yeah. love of music. And the fact that I'm pretty sure that Disney's already bought the rights to a lot of these songs to be able yeah. to use them in movies and film. And so they just completely decided to just leave this out, which I think is a gross, like a gross oversight on their part. And the weird thing is if they were trying to distance themselves from the movie universe, then why make your intro look like the intro to a movie? That's what uh, I didn't also, get. Also, the other, the other challenge for this too is that this is a cartoon that's premiering on Disney XD. Right. Now, Granted, you probably have a lot of adults that are watching this with their children. The children are probably watching this and they're just like, yeah, this is a thing with flashing colors and a raccoon and a tree thing and, what, and a woman that's in, you know, green. And you're just like, great, cool, I get it. To them, 
I have to think that like if I watched this as a kid, I would have been a little bit disappointed. I'd also be yeah. sitting there thinking to myself, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a second too, because that's if look, if you're distancing yourself from the movie, but then expecting the people to have watched the movie in order to watch your cartoon, then yeah. you got you can't like have a foot in both worlds here. You gotta kinda pick one or the other. This entire cartoon is predicated on the fact that you know and love and remember the characters from the film. Even, even not just the main characters, but like supporting people who showed yeah. up for 30 <laughs> yeah. seconds in the movie. And then you're, they're like the main, like a main villain throughout the right. entire season. It's a little strange. Yeah. It's a little strange. I don't know if there's like weird behind the scenes things that happen, like they couldn't use it or they wanted to keep it at a certain time. So they cut a theme song. I have no idea, but Look, the closest thing we get to it is actually in the first episode. You are introduced to Star-Lord because he's listening through his headphones. He's listening to the Hooked on a Feeling song. So right. that is like the closest okay. thing you get to tying it back into the movie. I, I really thought that because of the fact that we, we have all these wonderful actors that are in the movie, that this would have been a prime opportunity for a live-action Chuck Norris-style carpeted <laughs> dojo moment. Holy where shit. Where they introduce this, because obviously, as you mentioned, Dave, and this, I mean, this is true, is that all these characters that are in here are, are not necessarily based off of the comic book depiction that right. we have, uh, because they're, some of, like, Drax is, like, a different color in the comic book. He's actually green, and so is, I mean, it just very similar to Gamora, yeah. but they decided not to make him green because they didn't want to confuse him with the Hulk anymore. Um, so they're modeling it after the movie, they had this great opportunity since these people are there and they're working. It's not like Batista isn't around and being like, fuck it, I'll put on this makeup for like six hours. Like they have time while they're filming to just be like, hey, we're going to lead you in or we're going to toss this off to this cartoon that we're doing. And that would have been such a great fucking tie in because cool. then because then you would have been a kid watching this and you're just like. And if you would only ever watch the cartoon, you must be thinking to yourself like these are real people like this is a real yeah what, like this what? is a real movie that i can go check and see like dad why aren't we watching this movie and he's probably like well you're pretty young we should probably not do this and then and 25 years after seeing that cartoon two of those friends would get together and do a podcast and be like remember how weird it was when chris pratt showed up in live action <laughs> and he was like a carpeted dojo doing weird karate tricks so strange I'll be honest with you. My goal and my hope is that you and I have children and then in the future they do a podcast where they listen to our podcast and criticize us for doing a podcast. I mean, that's probably going to happen regardless. But yeah, if they could monetize it, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. If they could find any way to monetize this business, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Whatever business is around by the time. The pod business. The pod. We're all existing in pods. Oh, at this Christ. point but i don't know there's so many opportunities like you said i love that you you came up with the idea of having like a chuck norris style i can see chris pratt right he would love this he would, he would love do it this in a heartbeat it would be like johnny karate he would absolutely oh god i mean are you kidding me it's like set up for him i don't know how oh, they haven't my. done this i totally forgot that he uh his johnny karate for this would have been so perfect johnny karate as star lord or vice versa uh oh. would have been great in a carpeted dojo in space or like pro stars, like where they really don't care. They just show up to cash their check and then just walk out. I'm fine with that either way. Just man. Zoe, Zoe Saldana just being like, here's a new episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm yeah. getting a paycheck for this shit, right? Yeah. This makeup took eight hours to put on. Yeah. The good thing is with Drax in the new movie, uh, his old makeup took a lot of time. This is more just like a spray on. It's a lot easier for him. 
Okay, cool. That's a fun fact for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in theaters now. Aww. Yeah. So speaking of that, actually, let's, let's talk about the animation, because there's literally nothing to talk about in the theme song, because it doesn't exist. Let's talk about this animation. It's different. It's different. I'm not super warmed up to it, and I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times over the last year. <laughs> so yeah, what else have you seen it in? Well, I mean, I saw it originally when the the series came out. Okay. And then when I watched the series uh, season two premiere, nothing had really changed, and I, I don't know. I I can't put my finger on what it is. There's something weird about it. It looks like a motion comic that's gone like full animation. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. There's something, there's something about this animation that, I mean, I, I'm trying to look at this from multiple perspectives. If I was a kid with no frame of reference, right. I probably would think to myself, this looks great. This yeah. is totally fine. I'm happy with this. But as an adult and somebody who's watched the movie and enjoys it, watching this now, it just really feels, it, it, it felt off. There was a lot of it that just felt off. And I'll be honest with you, it became glaringly obvious for me. Um, and uh, let, me, let me circle back to this by sure. asking the question. Did you ever play any of the Uncharted games? Uh, I never Nathan played Drake? them, but I watched them. I don't you think I ever them. played them. Yeah. So one mm-hmm. of the things that people used to always criticize Naughty Dog about was the fact that for, uh, for all of the, the PlayStation you know, 3 iterations of the game that they had, mm-hmm. uh, is that anything time that like Nathan Drake was, was jumping across you know, ravine or he was climbing up anything, his t-shirt, his shirt and his jeans never moved. Oh, it weird. was like, it was partially untucked, but it never, it like, it never looked like it got jostled or like moved around too much. So like it didn't have it, a physics. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, it was just part of whatever the render was that yeah, was yeah. on top of the, the model. And so like it was, it looked always stuck and it felt unnatural. Right. And so coming back to tonight's episode, when I watched this and I saw the fact that it looked like Star-Lord had his jacket essentially painted onto his torso and his t-shirt even further painted on and incorporated into his abs, I was like, yeah, this, something about this design of Star-Lord looks really off. There's something off. And it's not just him because like, I think Rocket's fine. I think Groot's fine. Right. The whole thing looks a little dark. Like the whole palette and visual tone of it looks dark and i don't know why like like, even when they're like silver and dark and just yeah even when they're like a bright like a mall or something where it's like bright lights or it's daylight or whatever like everything is just very dark and i don't know what it is the lines are very heavy like you said nothing kind of has like a free motion to it so you can tell i don't know this if this is true or not but it looks like the individual frames are not drawn or animated in a way that gives it that kind of physics engine it looks almost like they took a cutout of a character so it's static and then just kind of moved it in whatever direction they needed it to. So it looks like a motion comic, but with like full animation. The animation itself isn't really janky. It's just that the character designs are so strange. Gamora's lack of eyebrows creeps me out to no That's end. That's cre- creeped me out a lot. To no end. That was, that was very weird. The other ones are okay. Um, it's just, it's a very different art style that I have not seen before. I don't know if we're going to see more of it in the future or not, but it's different. Yeah, I, I was, it, was, it was challenging, and I, I really... I don't know. It, just the whole Star Lord thing was kind of off putting, yeah. and, and like you said, the the Gamora design was a little bit off putting. I also felt like for some reason her eyes were too kind of wide set. There was something her with sc- her eyes, and I think it's mostly just because of the eyebrows. But like her <sighs> eyes are either like very beady or just like 
uh, it's just something off, man. I can't and, tell you what. And I'll be honest, like it, it, because it looked like Drax's eyes were kind of like horse eyes, like they were just like all dark. Yeah. Like I, I think sometimes like the thing, and I I, I will say this wholeheartedly. Okay. I think that sometimes the nuance of Drax in the movie is sort of those like subtle, well timed reactions, which I want to say is is part is part script is part James Gunn, and it's actually really part. Batista oh, yeah. like doing like acting his ass off and doing a great fucking job in that none of the, and like and him like kind of doing those takes with his eyes yeah. where he's like looking back and forth at things to see like other people's reactions before he comments on it right. literally um and 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 because Drax has like blacked out eyes in this you miss that tracking of visually what he's paying attention to because it's just not there yeah and and they're not gonna pay the money for him to do like a take where like he looks at something, looks at somebody else, looks at somebody, looks at somebody else and be like, do you really see this happening right now? Like they're not going to pay for that keyframing and that animation in no. there. And so I feel like that shit is lost with that character, which makes him so much fun to watch. Like even the trailer, even the trailer for volume two, mm-hmm. seeing that, that moment where Drax has like a punchline, that's fucking beautiful to watch and they're never going to be able to do anything like that and it's him looking at other people and reacting to what they're doing and he's never going to get it with horse eyes in this cartoon <laughs> like, <laughs> like i do like his i do like his dialogue in the cartoon though it took me a while to warm up to him but we'll, we'll talk about his uh yeah his, his appetites uh later on um <laughs> they cracked me up they were funny but yeah to your point it's just like i'm staring at a giant green muscle man with like shadows for eyes i can't was literally the, he was can't like, see he what's was, going on Thankfully, he was kind of the bluish color that he is in the movie in here. Yeah, I don't know, but it was man. Weirdly, I don't think it was I'm weirdly tinted. It's like it was a, weirdly tinted. Yeah, it's like a, a color in between everything else. There's a, there's a pretty good behind-the-scenes shot out there of, like, Yondu and um, Drax and Gamora and somebody else where they're essentially, it's like... So, if you, if you guys know about green screen or blue screen, usually you have the character stand in front of a, a monochrome screen that you then cut out all that color, and then you are able to put whatever background you want in it. Well, when your characters are green-skinned or blue-skinned, that becomes very difficult, because then you... And then when you have four of them of all different shades together, all of which you would like to chroma out, cut out, that becomes, like, insanely difficult, and then you have to do that every frame um, for the visual effects department is nuts. So I don't know what they're doing with the the skin color, uh, but in the cartoon, everything just feels, like, washed out and, like, dark. And I don't know what it is. Let's talk about the let's talk about the well, action. I, I, anim- yeah, go ahead. I want to talk me, about the action animation and, and sort of like the space battles too before we move on to the next thing. I want to say one more thing yeah. about uh, about tracks yeah. and what really freaked me out. I because I actually I I had an image on my phone and I just pulled it up of the the character design for this and I was wrong. It's not that his eyes are blacked out like a horse eyes. Okay, it's just whited out. He just has whited out. Oh, with eyes. no pupils or irises. With no or pupils anything. or anything. Right. And like what make and, so that doesn't and help you, either. And to your point about the color, he looks like Kratos from God of War. Okay, like, so they're like weird bluish gray corpse. Yeah, it's like color. a bluish gray with like the red kind of pattern yeah, design on top yeah. of his skin, which like just doesn't. I don't know, it was a bummer. Yeah. I think it's fine. I did like Groot's design though, because they did show him go through a variety of sort of like transformations. In the in the first episode, he goes from regular Groot and he kind of gets dried up and crankled, and he turns into baby Groot. Crankled. He gets crankled, <laughs> a space term, uh, and he gets turned into baby Groot, which everybody loves. It was very different 
from the he looked more just like a bundle of twigs it wasn't quite as cute as the one in the movie and he wasn't dancing he's just kind of hanging out but in the two episodes we watched Groot does get a number of different transformations and he shows off his powers and that I thought was pretty cool they did a good job right. with that the the action okay. elements especially like the kind of the space battles they're decent they're fine you can tell that there's a shift in the animation style that it goes more computer generated once they get in the Milano and I've noticed that with a lot of modern day um animated series they have like sort of the traditionally drawn characters to like show emotion and to do the regular movement as soon as they get in some kind of vehicle that shit is 100% computer generated like almost all oh, the yeah. time it's such yeah. a weird and jarring switch to, it looks like they're jumping into like a vehicle from another dimension or something because it does not fit with the surrounding environment and that's just like a common thing these days and the milano and other ships are kind of like that did you have any thoughts on like the the action sequences? We we'd see some decent gun battles and fights. Yeah, and... I mean we we saw some you know fun and interesting stuff. You know we uh, I always kind of get a little bit disappointed when we we get these major gun battles yeah. like we did in uh, in episode twenty two, um, you know where we where we have like a lot of shots being fired. And it's sort of like the stormtrooper scenario yes. yeah. where, you know, somebody's like, hey, I got to run over here and do this thing. And then they're running through gunfire and yeah. nothing hits them whatsoever. Well, what's his name? Yondu. I don't know if you saw this or maybe it was in the first episode. Yondu gets whacked with a laser and like knocks him. Doesn't kill him. He's fine. That, yeah. That happened in the first episode. Okay, so. yeah. He just. Oh, did you watch the first one? I didn't. I'm just assuming because it was definitely not oh, in the episode I, I watched. Yondu was not in. Yondu was not in the episode I watched. Oh, right. interesting. Okay. Uh, well, we'll talk about him in a minute in the, the characters, because there is another character that appeared in the first episode who also appears in episode 22, and he might be Sean's favorite. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I 100% know yeah. what character you're talking about, <laughs> and the answer to this is yes. Nice. Okay, good. He is my hoping. favorite character. I was hoping. Um, let me think if there's anything else that I wanted to mention there. No, I thought, I thought the battles were fine. Um, but again, because like the Some animation of them were was so weird in between, yeah, there wasn't like... The fights were good. Gamora versus Korath. Little teaser there. Um, they were good. The action was good in that, but it wasn't. I just felt that every time I hadn't they seen fought, before. yeah. Every time they they fought the pursuer, it was just they froze him. They froze him every single time. Oh, that's time. that's what I wanted to mention. So over like, and over and over again, and I was like, ugh. Any like if you because we've had this so many times on cartoons. Yeah. It's like you immobilize a villain that is and is don't like, kill him has has sworn to get you and you've incapacitated him and you could just pull the trigger and do this but they're just like we're good guys i'm like yeah i get that too but maybe like knock him out or stun him for like 24 hours you know anything you want to do other than what you're doing right now yeah. in this show yeah agreed and that actually brings up yeah go ahead. well i was gonna say but obviously that doesn't when you do things like that, it doesn't build tension. It doesn't build the drama. Right. It doesn't build the, the, the accelerated action that they have that continues through this episode. And so you can't do things like that. But it's still very frustrating when you see a good guy have to be a good guy. And these guys are rebels. These guys are like, these guys are, these Guardians of the Galaxies are essentially rebels, a band of misfits that have come together. This is essentially one piece in space. Yeah, so these, these guys are still outlaws, and that's actually what they bring up in the first episode. They, they quite literally ask each other and the camera, are we outlaws or are we heroes? Let's spend right. 24 episodes figuring <laughs> it out. And that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, <sighs> what's, what's funny, though, is that like the standard way to build dramatic tension and to ramp up the action by doing what you just said, what they did, is now kind of like the antithesis of that because everybody knows what's going to happen. So you automatically lose all dramatic tension. 
And I'm not yeah. saying that these guys should reinvent the wheel. It's just, you know, it's a Guardians cartoon. It just shows the the characters who are popular doing pretty standard action stuff and going through fairly standard comic book stories with some mythology, but you know, they just didn't they didn't reinvent the wheel. They didn't do anything like above and beyond. And it's it's fine. It's serviceable. Uh what I wanted to mention was uh Star-Lord's gun is kind of cool. They show it off a little bit more in the cartoon than they do in the movie. So he's got all kinds of like he's got like an electrical thing and he's got like a goo gun and he's got an ice gun and the usual laser so it, gun too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a combination of uh Judge Dredd's gun. <laughs> yes. With whatever the Arbiter had in Halo 2. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, all right, cool. All right, neat space gun, space combination yeah, gun. These, these space guns are all the same, aren't they? Hopefully yeah. the ending of this show isn't as bad as Halo 2 and Halo 3. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. All right, let's move on to the characters because we've got a few different ones to talk about. So honestly, right. we don't even really need to talk about the Guardians themselves as long as you've seen the movie. <laughs> and guess what? If you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what the hell is going on in this cartoon show. <laughs> They... And we've also and we've talked a little bit about the character design in and of itself yeah. too, yeah. you know, regarding the regarding Drax and some of these other people. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than it's the it's the Guardian Five that you've seen in the movie and you know and love. Yeah, you and know? if you haven't but seen it, just, then why are you watching this cartoon? Honestly, but they're just in a shittier animated form. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Yikes. The funny thing is the original Guardians are nothing like what you currently see. Like Yondu was originally one of them, but the the other guys were right. completely different. And I'd love if they had like a tease to that in the uh, upcoming sequel, but we'll find out. Or even in this animated series, that'd be a lot of fun. There Anything. are so many things from this universe that they could have more fun with than kind of just the standard gotta save the galaxy, gotta get this weird artifact, gotta protect it from Thanos and his minions. It's kind of that's kind of disappointing and the more we talk about it the more disappointed i get but yeah this cosmic seed just sounds like space ejaculate and i'm, I'm bored of it already i'm bored with it it's 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 yeah. a space macguffin is what it is space macguffin yeah space <laughs> macguffin so the core group is kind of the same guardians that you know and love right so we've got quill he's arrogant but confident at the same time right right he's currently dealing with uh trying to figure out his sort of parentage his destiny and whether he wants to be a hero or an outlaw or what he's doing. Right. We've got Rocket, who's brash and violent, but he's also super smart and technically like skilled, probably the smartest of the group. Um, and he pairs up, obviously, with Groot, who's just kind of like the loyal fighter, I mean, the but he's thing, also super fierce. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing you can say about his Groot is, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. We have, uh, we have Gamora, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, sister of Nebula and, uh, and, and daughter of... And, and Korath, yeah. and, uh, and daughter of uh, Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's obviously dealing with some real bad daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. And the fact and that her brothers, issues. her siblings, uh, you know, <laughs> we didn't we just have National Siblings Day like, yeah. recently? That, you know, nationally, National Siblings Day is not going to be celebrated within her family. I don't so. Think so That is actually she's a having... plot point in uh, the sequel, though. Right. So that'll be kind of cool to see. I like so I liked having... her though because she has like principles, right? So she's right. kind of like a moral center for the rest of these these jerks. <laughs> she's kind of like trying to elevate them to a higher standard, right? But failing. And fi- and then finally, out of these five, we have Drax, yeah. uh, super strong, uh, fantastic warrior, hand to hand melee combat. Uh, does not get sarcasm ever. No, he's very literal. Very literal. Very literal. To to a fun point. Yes. That's, yes. that's what makes him fun. Before we get to Sean's favorite character, I should mention also Yandu, who does show up in this very first episode. I'll kind of lay the foundation of where this series starts once we get to the plot 
but Yondu plays a pretty important part in the initial goings of the series. And he, man, Michael Rooker is Michael Rooker. And if you don't have him to like voice the character and come in and do this, which I'm pretty sure he didn't. Um, no, I don't think any of the, the no. original cast came in to do any of the, the voice acting in this, and you which is tell. really disappointing. Which is really disappointing. It is. I mean, I get it for those guys. Um, I love the fact that like the How to Train Your Dragon cast, 90% of them comes in and does their thing. Um, but that's rare. That like rarely happens. And yeah. it does not happen on this show. Which is unfortunate, but understandable. As far as like Yondu, though, he's, he's fun. He's, he's kind of cool. He's like a rogue. He's a wild card. So you never quite know what to expect from him. He's going to probably help you out of a jam, but also probably stab you in the back with his whistling arrow. So. I love that thing. Yeah, and you get so, to see it, and that's like a cool weapon that you get to see in action that you don't get to see that much in the movie. So I want to, I want to, uh, I know that we kind of talked about, I, I know that I discussed sort of my, my lackluster feel for the design of Star-Lord in this, yeah. and uh, I don't think that I can really completely sum it up without saying that as I'm watching this episode, I, I out loud said, please don't let, the, like, this was almost at the end of the episode, yeah. and I just went, please don't let this be voiced by Will Friedle. Well, and then I looked it up on IMDb and I went fucking <laughs> God damn it. It doesn't quite match. Does it? It doesn't match at all. No. It does not match. Like, and, and I'll, I'll be honest. Will Friedle has done some amazing, he's the guy, he's the older brother from boy meets world. Yeah. Um, and he's done a lot of great animated he's done, work. He's done so much great work. It doesn't quite it, match just, here. The voice just does not match in this case. And it, it Especially for of, his design, because his design is kind of like this no. big kind of football player looking dude, and it just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't match and it's up. like it's like my voice, unlike if you had like a if you had like a really butch kind of like wide muscular dude, and then it's just my voice, which is nasally and garbage half the time. Yeah, but his I'm is like is a even talking like... dumpster fire, and it's <laughs> Jesus. But his is like higher pitch though, and it's almost more like youthful than it's whiny. It's whiny. It's really whiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you had put earphones on him with like the cure and just like Robert Smith them to death Which and then those, suddenly we're just like those tracks would have made more sense in the show. Than those what tracks they any did. any music would have been great in this fucking show. <laughs> any music. Any music at all would have been wonderful. True. Let's talk about your favorite character. Cosmo. Because the dog Cosmo. He shows up in the is... first episode as well. He actually has a great introduction in the first episode. Does he really? He Because wasn't because Cosmo was in the movie. He was in the movie. Very it was just briefly. a quick shot. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was him in the collector's um, kind of workshop, wasn't it? I, yeah, I, I think so. But I think he was just kind of sitting there. Like, I don't think he was part of like a display or anything. I think he was yeah, just sitting was in just his little chilling. cosmonaut uniform. Right. <laughs> and like, it, it's the best. But what was the introduction? Because I so, didn't watch that. So the introduction the was super episode. cool. So for those who don't know, the kind of the base of the Guardians of the Galaxy or where they kind of hang out or where they go to get intel or to rest or to stock up on supplies is a place called Nowhere, K-N-O-W. <laughs> and it is a giant severed floating head in space because it's a, it's a severed head of an old celestial, kind of like a, a massive being, a, a god. Like a Galactus. Yeah, yeah, like one of, the, one of the old celestials. And this thing has been dormant for tens of thousands of years or more. So people have built like a city in it. It's essentially like a, an orbiting, well, not an orbiting, but essentially like a way station for people in this head. Um, <laughs> it's a crazy design to see, but it's like a super cool thing they did. And I think they did that back in, I want to say the nineties, they like reintroduced that. I can't remember most of my history now. Go check it out on collider.com because I got it all written up there for you. Nice. Um, so when they enter into nowhere and go to look for somebody, Rocket 
Rocket, they're all walking along a corridor, and Rocket just, like, his ears kind of go up, and this dog comes running at him, so he just takes off in the other direction. <laughs> and and Star-Lord's like, what the hell is going on? And Drax is like, I will take care of the animal problem. <laughs> and he just goes, like, running after him. So <laughs> then, like, Rocket is cornered by this dog, and you don't quite know yet that it's Cosmo, until Rocket, he's like, wait a minute, why the hell am I scared of this thing? And he pulls out two guns and starts, like, blasting at the dog. Then Cosmo uses his uh, telepathy to basically, like, get rid of the guns from Rocket. And then he also stops Drax, <laughs> and he keeps them both, like, at bay. And then he explains that he's security and that he's so happy to see them, and sometimes his instincts take over, and he's a, he apologizes. Um, so that was kind of his introduction. So I was really happy to see him come back in this episode. But he's, like he's kind of like a golden retriever pup, isn't he? He's like a lab like a lab golden or something yeah he's just adorable and he's got I the want russian a accent dog so bad he's closing no he sounds like triumph the uh comic insult dog <laughs> he sounds like that if he was slightly more russian yeah a little bit yeah. I, every time he's just like so uh peter how do you <laughs> is uh okay for me to poop on and and he's smoking like, the yep, cigars yeah whatever you want to do oh buddy. cosmo oh cosmo but yeah i love him because he, he not only is a dog that can psychically talk to people but he also has psychic powers and he also has incredibly strong dog powers uh later on in this in this other episode he has some of the best moments in this episode oh it's so genius i love it i really for for watching just this one episode i was like i hope at some point that the camera just stops following the guardians and just follows cosmo begins following cosmo i could see his dog antics for 24 26 episodes a season i would I'd be very entertained by that. It was a lot of fun. Um, do you want to talk? I mean, is Korath even really worth talking about at this point? No, I mean... He's just kind of a stock villain. Yeah. He's I mean, got you don't really get. Yeah, he's got these, like, gray, silver... Uh, they almost kind of look like Firefly, like if you're familiar with sort of like... Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The Batman villain. Uh, yeah, the Batman yep. villain, Firefly. Um, like, probably just the Batman Origins Firefly version of this. Yeah. Uh, and so they... They don't really have any personality. They don't really have any face. They're just like silver and black. Uh, Koroth, the pursuer, is sort of almost identical, except you can see a little bit of his hair and a little bit of his skin tone and face inside of his mask. But you get very minimal dialogue and, and, and actual... No personality from him whatsoever. Yeah, he just shows up, kicks than... down a wall, fights, and then gets frozen. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. And that, that happens multiple times. Yeah, in two episodes that we <laughs> watched. Two, yeah, right. <laughs> it does happen a lot in the first one, too. Yeah, it just kind of feels unnecessary. Yeah. Again, had an opportunity to be able to like knock him out or incapacitate him well, or like not to give it away, but they do take care of him by the end of <laughs> this episode. Yeah, okay. We think I mean, anyway, they, they we do. think, yeah. We hopefully think. We hopefully think. Any <sighs> other characters that are missing that are introduced kind of here? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay, cool. So before we get into the plot of episode 22, uh, let me just give you a brief rundown of the events of the first episode called Road to Nowhere. So essentially the Guardians break into this facility and they rescue Yondu. Now the rest of the Guardians weren't aware that Quill was trying to rescue Yondu. They think he's just rescuing his old mentor, his old pal. They're actually going to turn him in for a bounty. In exchange though, (laughs) Yondu tells him, he's like, well, you know this guy Korath the Pursuer, he had me steal something that's like super powerful and it's like upstairs in a box. Uh, If you want to go get that instead, you can probably sell that for a lot more than you can take from me on a bounty. So this is how they get their hands uh, eventually on this cosmic seed, which is kind of held in this lockbox that's a, a Spartaxian lockbox. And it turns out that Peter Quill, since he's half Spartaxian, Axian. is actually the key to this thing. So he could open it up. 
Uh, and he keeps having these visions of like his life back on earth and his mother who is deceased at this point. Um, they take it to somebody who knows about it and Quill starts to open it up and he's like, you cannot open that thing up here. Like you need to get this. I'm not buying it. I don't want it. I want it as far away from my shop as possible. So we know that Thanos wants it. We know that this guy who's like a collector of all sorts of artifacts wants nothing to do with it. So you get the idea that it's like super powerful. That's essentially where we are at the end of the, the first episode, which is one part of a two-part premiere. Uh, I did not watch the second episode, but it basically, the first episode ends with them kind of getting reapprehended by Korath and with Yondu stealing the, uh, the box back again, because he's kind <laughs> of a backstabber. But that's about it. I thought it was a pretty good introduction to the team. If you, if you hadn't seen the movie, you were probably left wondering what the heck was going on a little bit, but it was a, it was a decent introduction to like set things up re reintroduction a decent to reintroduction yeah mm-hmm. to characters you know and love so where are we at by episode 22 i'm gonna be honest with you yeah. you need to explain this to me like i'm five years old because even after watching this episode and then like re-watching significant portions of it yeah. to making like to make sure that i wasn't missing out yeah i don't understand what they were doing okay. i don't understand why they were doing what they were doing okay. there was little to no resolution by the end of there this there was not uh, this uh, was the whole pursuit in name of getting a comic book. Uh, that I didn't really know what was going this, on there. Because this was this like all of this buildup and everything that had happened. I was like, thank God Cosmo was in this, because otherwise this episode was a real fucking stinker. So it was actually I'm glad that I watched the first episode because that explained at least like the idea behind the whole season is that they're trying to get this cosmic seed, keep it out of Thanos's hands, and either protect it. Gamora wants to destroy it. Quill doesn't right. know what well, he wants to sell it and get money for it. And the rest of them are just kind of along for the ride. The whole time Than- or, uh, Drax wants to get his hands on Thanos so he can kill him and exact his revenge. But that's never really, that doesn't really come to fruition by the, by the time that we see it. So this episode is essentially them following, it's, it's Quill following his memories from coming into contact with this thing to trace it back to a hiding place that he thinks it is. So he's actually looking for this cosmic seed, which he thinks his father hid in a storm shelter in his old house on Earth. Keep in mind, like, the Guardians are out, way out in space. Like, yeah. they're nowhere near Earth at this point. They're way gone. So that's kind of, the, that's kind of where we're at. So we're, when we're introduced to this thing, Quill uh, has plans to head back to Earth, and he kind of ditches the rest of his team. Okay. Which is kind of a dick move, because the rest of his team ends up having to face off against uh, Korath and the rest of his soldiers. The cool thing is that we get Quill and Cosmo for a good portion of the episode. <laughs> so talk about them. Talk about Quill and Cosmo. Uh, Star-Lord and Cosmo go on this buddy cop comedy. They come back to a point where Peter hasn't been back to his hometown for roughly 20 years. Right. And so they come back here because you believe that they, they're seeking the cosmic seed and they're, they're, they need to go through the continuum cortex. All of these things are just topics and buzzwords that are being thrown out at this point. That was essentially just like, just like a transporter. Yeah, that's all yeah. that was. He just needed Cosmo so, to like help him get there and to like help him pinpoint a place in his memory that he needed to go. Yeah, yeah, but it's hard because Star-Lord can't really remember or is having a difficult time remembering exactly where it is, uh, which Cosmo's like, he equates it to digging for a bone in Peter Quill's mind. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, like, I can, I can I can roll with these. I get it. You're I can a dog. Roll with these, I can roll with these dog references. Yeah. Like these are gonna be these are gonna be difficult. Dare I say rough? Oh no! But shut I it mean, down. We're done I'm for the a, night. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Little, That's all we stop, have for this time. Drop.
shut it down. So, I mean, it's uh, like, it's, it's oh, bad. Should I, should I hit pause? Uh, and open up shop? Like dog. Oh, okay. uh, you got it. I was going with Rough Riders Anthem. You were still going with dog puns. I was still going with dog puns. They're technically both dog puns, so I think we're Yeah, okay. I mean, DMX just barks through a majority of his tracks anyway, which is true, and he made millions from it. Yeah. God, it's so fucking good. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, we get kind of like this weird throwback where, you know, you feel, you get the sense that you understand that a lot of Star-Lord's motivations for things are sort of nostalgia-based. Right. Which, hey, guess what? We run a podcast that's basically fueled all <laughs> yeah, nostalgia. Exactly. We can relate. Uh, we can totally understand where he's coming from with this. And so it, it's Cosmo not really having a frame of reference and, and Star-Lord kind of filling him in on sort of what some of that backstory is. Well, the funny of... thing is that like Star-Lord, too, doesn't know what's happened in the last 20, 25 years. So like right. mobile phones completely stump him the fact that like his entire um town's landscape has has changed so, like comic stores are gone corner stores radio stores whatever they're all they're all gone radio stores yeah. is that a thing like yeah, record, like record stores yeah, yeah. they're gone <laughs> they're radio gone. stores radio stores i don't know that was never a thing maybe in the no. 50s <laughs> um, so they uh so he's he's kind of walking through town and he's sort of marveling at the fact that so much has <laughs> changed and, yeah, I know. You I did it. You, that. you did it, buddy. And so the, he's uh, a. <clears throat> so he's really kind of amazed by the fact that all of these things have changed, and he he's commenting on it. And you know, even the, even the fact that he's just like, whoa, I can like, why is everybody looking at their like their their tape recorder? Yeah, he thinks they're all or, looking at their Walkmans. Yeah. Yeah, or like why like oh man, there's a new thing that's not like an iPad or an iPod. Like you could store how many thousands of songs on this? Yes. Like he's really excited about the things that we just take for granted, which yeah. is kind of cheeky. It is nice. It's kind of cheeky for like a couple seconds, but then it kind of like, it kind of then devolves into this weird commentary where like Cosmo's like, why are there four coffee shops on every block? And we're just like, all right, I think, you know, I can see sometimes when writers are kind of writing jokes for themselves and for dogs, uh, like, yeah, and for dogs, and I felt like I felt like this was one of those things where I was like, "All right, guys, we've 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 killed this bit. Like, like we've let's gone just move it on. You've got yeah, a Russian telepathic way... dog. I think we can do some more <laughs> than coffee jokes. More coffee jokes, you say? <laughs> there you go. French get now. More, I don't know why he's French. More coffee jokes for me to poop on. <laughs> nice, thanks. Yeah, I don't know why he was French. Person. Good job, Triumph. <laughs> but they they really get into all this stuff, and I think one of the one of the things that is very relatable in this episode is the fact that there's some hesitation for Peter Quill to come back because of a bully um, named Coogan uh, that used to kick his ass back in the day when he was at home. And um, And before he disappeared from the face of the earth, essentially. Right. And so you get this moment where suddenly like, you know, they, we get some more dog reference stuff here where suddenly they turn, you know, they turn a corner and there's a police officer that's there. Well, they, at this point, though, too, uh, Cosmo has been stripped of his yeah. cosmonaut uniform. So exactly. he's essentially like, yeah, good. And he feels very naked. Yeah, yeah, because he so is. He's, he's a little bit upset about this, uh, you know, but they, they're still in this position where they're trying to figure out some of the stuff or where this cosmic seed is. And so they, they get to this point where they turn this corner and they bump into a police officer. Guess what? Officer Coogan is Coogan, and who so, looks exactly like Porn Stash from Orange Is the New Black. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> so that he should does. put a vision in your head. Ah, oh, fuck. And so they, you know, they they exchange a couple choice words before there's like a large explosion, which is signaled that hey, guess what? Uh, Korath and the rest of the Guardians have probably come through this this 
continuum cortex. Continuum transfunctionaire, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. Continuum transfunctionaire. <laughs> um, so they've, they've come through now and uh, they're causing chaos. But in this exchange, suddenly uh, there's a very weird, uh, like, Star Lord makes reference to like Peter Quill. Uh, yes. The other uh, Coogan makes reference to Peter Quill as well, and is like, Do you, "I feel like you know something about this. You wouldn't have asked otherwise." And so, um, Korath is kind of in hot pursuit. So, like, Cosmo and uh, I almost wanted to say like Bo and Luke Duke. Like, I mean, take essentially, off. they yeah, they, they, do. they make a straight up reference to it in a few minutes yeah. here. Yeah, because they uh, they GTA this car <laughs> yeah. and then they. They GTA it and then roll it right I, into a Dukes of Hazard reference. Look, I did like this though because like normally your hero will jump in the car, hotwire it or whatever, just jam a screwdriver in the in the ignition and just fire it up and take off. Well, they do the half of that, and Peter Quill's in the um, the driver's seat, but then he's just like, I don't know how to drive. Yeah. And then the dog is like, What the hell are you talking about? And he's like, Look, dude, I left Earth before I was even like thirteen, so I don't know how to drive. And right. dog's like. I got this. And he just telepathically <laughs> drives the car while being the best dog ever. He is really the best He's dog. He's the ever. best dog. He's the best dog. Do you remember so some they, of his lines? Uh oh, there was the there was the one point where um oh no uh, he oh he says uh, uh put petal to metal yeah he does that <laughs> but then he's also so he does the dog thing where like he's got his head all the way out the window. So his ears and his lips and jowls are like flapping in the in the wind, and he just goes wind in face, Cosmo like as it's like as he's driving the car with Why his mind. Why does he sound like Arnold? Also, wind in face, Cosmo like <laughs> get to the chop. Shoot, Billy, <laughs> down, get down. Oh god, this is the most European dog I think we've ever had on the show. Absolutely, we've never had Hello. a dog on the show, so yeah. That's an accurate statement. French, German, Russian dog. Austrian. <laughs> so we, we go through all of this. Uh, we have uh, Korath in, in Hot Pursuit. Mm-hmm. He's the pursuer. Uh, you know, so he's, he's the pursuer. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's doing he's it. In, he's doing it. Earning, uh, that, earning that business card. We get this, like, weird slow motion, like, uh, point where they, they bank this car uh, and take, like, a real hard 90-degree turn, and, and the pursuer, like, Flies right into the side of like a, a tanker truck. Yeah, and exp- and explodes. in like a weird slow mo shot, like you said, like yeah, a, it was a which weird is, choice. Like it was they have weird to because like everything else they had up to this seemed like it was in real time. It was happening yeah, very was. quickly. Like there was no problems whatsoever. And then this this one scene was all of a sudden like it got like six million dollar man kind of like yeah with the, the slow motion arg. <laughs> It just, it fell out of place. It really just fell out of place. I think it was just a stretch oh. scene, to be honest with you. Cause, yeah, it was. Because then it just, like, I mean, it, kind of exploded, but they, like, panned up and away from it to not show it exploding. Right. You know, but th- this is where, this is, so this is, uh, this is the pursuer blowing up for the first time. Yes. Um, and failing to pursue. And failing to pursue. So we, uh. Yeah, this so is when get... Quill's like, oh, we just got to get over this bridge, and then we'll be, <laughs> like, head to my hometown. And then uh, Cosmo Schwarzenegger again is like, why does this town have so many bridges? <laughs> I like that he's it's, become Austrian. Austrian I love dog. that he's become, he's become a Nazi dog. dog. Um, Nazi? No, 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 never. Um, so we, yeah, we get this moment where they, they get, they get, they Dukes of Hazard this jump. They get to this town. Yeah. They so get out of essentially, car. real quick, this isn't important. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but they built a new bridge over there. Quill is trying to head over the old bridge from his memory, but yeah, it's not there. So like yeah. you said. Uh, Cosmo Schwarzenegger jumps them, telepathically jumps them over this bridge. It was great. Right. 
so they uh, so they get there, and uh, lo and behold, uh, Officer Coogan's there. Yep. And it's just like, get out of the car. And like the second they this do, was, they're this just was like, funny. This made me laugh. Yeah, they were just like, it's, so this was a fun exchange between Cosmo and Quill, is that they they're just like, we should like incapacitate him. And, and he's like, Cosmo use your powers. Goes, yeah. Peter Quill reads Cosmo's mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was and, like, then at, yeah. and then at that point, so Quill they starts to pull get, out his gun, and then they both get tased immediately. That was actually pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> There were moments, like, there were moments in here, and I feel like between episode one and 22, they've probably started to, like, hone some stuff, but it's, it's not quite there yet. I will say I like the mall sequence coming up here. Yeah, I mean, I think we can smash through a majority of, of what happens next, because we've got, we've got them in jail. Well, the, and... inter- the only interesting thing I thought here was between Coogan and um, right. Quill. And it was interesting, right. but not developed, or it didn't, it didn't really land. I didn't think. Felt forced? Yeah, because he was just kind of like, back in my day, I used to bully this kid named Petey Quill, and I felt real bad about that when he went missing and his mama died. And we're like, okay, well, this is (laughs) Peter Quill, so everything's cool. And they're like, all right, we're best buds now. It was really like that simple. Yeah. Like that straightforward. And then Korath attacks, so of course they like get together to take him out again with a little help from the Guardians who finally arrive. Well, they managed to freeze him. <laughs> they froze him, and then what did Rocket do with his newfound favorite thing? Oh, what did he do? He wrapped him up in duct tape. That's right. And he was just like, duct tape, what a stupid name, but I love this thing. <laughs> I can build a whole ship with this. Yeah, and then you see him patching the ship up later with duct tape, and he's got like yeah. bundles and duffel bags full of duct tape. It's pretty cute. Uh, so uh, so we, get out of the, we get out of the jail, and they're, they're heading towards uh, where Peter's old home was, right. which... Uh, Coogan volunteers, thankfully, to help him. And I think that that's almost the only reason that he serves in, like, that's the only purpose that he really serves in this episode. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's supposed to, to be, like, the, the... He's supposed to be the grounding point. Yeah, but he's Peter. also supposed to be, like, that reconciliation of, like, Peter's past. It just doesn't land. I feel like there's a lot of other bullshit that Peter had to go through, like, that we're all aware of, like, un- understanding understanding the lack of a father figure, yep. understanding, like, his mother his dying, kidnapping, his kidnapping, his, like, his yeah, youth he, in a space prison and pirate ships in space. Right. There's a lot of shit yeah. going on. I feel like there's a, a bunch of other stuff, so I feel like kind of like a bully. I mean, maybe, that's why I say it kind of feels like it's that, like, relatable moment that they have where they're trying to kind of pull you in with it. But for me, it just kind of felt like, you know, and they, they preface it with saying, like, oh, I'm nervous to go back for this reason. And then he gets back and he's just sort of like, whatever, I'm cool. Uh, yeah. It just, uh, it just doesn't seem to have the, the gravity that I think they wanted to land yeah. with. It just kind of fell short. Yeah. So it turns out that Peter Quill's house is now a mall. <laughs> so I love that they had, like, this little gadget that let them see kind of, like, back in time. Chrono Scanner. Chrono Scanner I thought that cool. was fucking fun. That was pretty cool. So it shows yeah. kind of like a like almost like a blueprint or a memory image of what it used to look like. So it's like him and his mom running through the fields. There's like a windmill and a farmhouse, and then that it showed where like the the old storm shelter used to be. But it's like in the center of the mall, underground. So right. how you've got you've got Star Lord is essentially human, but you've got a talking Russian dog. You've got two blue or green skin people, a giant walking tree, and a walking talking raccoon. So how the hell are you going to get these guys into a mall? Dress them up like SWAT. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Or put one, put Rocket so. in a baby carriage. Yeah, put him in a baby carriage. And then make... To where, yeah. To where an old lady is just like, let me see your bundle of joy. And he, she pulls back the curtain after Gamora's like, please don't. Yeah, the blanket and on him, yeah. Him with, a, him with like a quad laser. That was amazing, right like, in her face. Bundle this, lady. <laughs> that was actually like, pretty funny. It made okay. zero sense, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. 
It's just it's just, it's that it's that old woman passing out trope from being held at gunpoint. Gets me every time. Every damn time. Everybody's got their fetishes. <clears throat> and that's my jam. Yeah. So old lady that's my, jam. That's my mm. preserves. Mm. <laughs> old ladies do make the best preserves. True. With their fierce sweat. Anyway, uh, so we're in the mall. Uh, Drax is currently uh, <laughs> Drax is currently threatening like a, a what do you call it? Food court vendor. Yeah, asking, like the samples that they hand out at a food court that are like on a stick. Asking him for more foods on sticks. Which, Where's your delicacy? Where your upon a stick? Earth's delicacies. Let's find a stick delicacies. I thought it was it's funny. fun. I thought yeah, it was funny, and they kept coming back to it, so it was cute. They did some good callbacks with it. It was fun. He uses corn dogs oh. later on to like <clears throat> take soldiers out, so that was fun yeah. too. Yeah, uh, but we get this whole thing where, and this is again why I don't understand what we're doing in this episode. Okay. Is that they need to get down to this this bunker, right. this shelter, the storm shelter from Peter Quill's old house. Right. And so in the middle of a firefight, because guess what? The pursuer still pursuing. Still pursuing. That's what he does. So Rocket has this uh this imploding device. Right. And so instead of an outward explosion, it you know, it explodes inwards uh and creates a like a massive hole. And so they, they put this in the middle of the mall, create this hole, jump down to this bunker, grab a flashlight, turn it on. Batteries still fucking work. I was like, after twenty years, yeah, I was totally like, fun. I don't, I don't have batteries that work after like a day. Like, <laughs> kind of, what kind of fucking champ you think you're doing here, Duracell? Like, <laughs> that was the old school ones. Those things yeah, would run right. for decades. <laughs> and if they didn't, they would spit acid all over your crap, and you'd just be like, oh, I gotta get new crap now. That's right. So, go through this whole thing where they open up this box and they pull out a comic book, and that's it. And that's the only thing that they were looking for. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole reason for this, this, this entire journey. Yeah. It was to get a comic book. Get a comic book? Did the comic have the picture of his mom in it? I can't remember. It did, yeah. Okay. So that like ties back in his memory, at least to like his mom and the place. And I don't know if that comic leads him to find where the seed actually is. Uh, we'd have to watch the last like three episodes, I guess, in the series. But essentially, yeah, he gets the comic book, and then they have to kind of fight their way out. And uh, in the process of this firefight, one of these uh, imploding devices gets hit. Uh, Rocket can't, uh, can't turn it off in time. Right. They drop it like on the ground of the mall. And we should mention that Coogan's been fighting with them the entire time, and Quill finally and, gives and... him a noisy cricket uh, to fight yeah, with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Finally gives him an alien blaster. Yeah. And uh, he also, Coogan is in the process of evacuating everybody yes, from the mall. Yes, which too. is smart because that's explainer that prevents them from getting trapped in what happens next. Right. So this, uh, this imploding device has been triggered uh, through a, a laser shot, laser blast. Uh, Rocket throws it down. Uh, everybody kind of circles up. Peter Quill hits some watch thing yeah, that transports his, them. He's got his Omnitrix on his wrist right. there. So he, uh, so he hits his Omnitrix. Sends them to another place, another uh, back to. They basically just like transported back to where they came from. They just all had to be like holding hands. At which point, when Coogan arrives and looks around at like all the aliens, he just screams screams bloody murder. (laughs) So that's actually pretty rewarding. It was pretty funny. So so they go through all this. They come back, and in the in the amount of time that it takes them to travel to nowhere and then travel back, this imploding device has gone off and it has compressed everything down. As Rocket says. To the size of my fist. Yeah, so like it's the entire tube. mall. It's like the whole the entire mall. Ma- the kind of the surrounding entire- area. We're assuming Korath, his soldiers, and the ship that he showed up in. 
Because at one uh, point, Drax says, you know, like, uh, is Korath in there? You remember that? Oh. Dra- basically, uh, Drax asks Gamora, he's like, is Korath in the tiny box? And Gamora's like, yeah, but he tried to kill us, like, multiple times, so you should not mourn him. And he says, like, I'm not mourning Korath. That's right. I am mourning the loss of Earth's finest food on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, shit like that. Like, if it works for you, it's funny. If it doesn't, I can yeah, see how it's annoying, but I liked it. Right. No, it was it, it was a it was a silly ending yes. to then pretty much us like looking at Peter Quill reading this comic book under a tree and he finds a picture of his mom. And that's the episode. Yeah, he basically says like save the galaxy, pretty cool, huh ma? And I don't know what they do with it from there. I'm like I don't understand what the hell I will say there. one thing that I did like from this though is that they they did look, they didn't just like vaporize a mall and then leave it and just go away. They actually had Cosmo like fix the minds and memories of the people's the people who were in the area to like see the new story he about met, he what men happened. in black with the little like exactly uh, so we had the noisy cricket and then the neuralizer right. uh, but he left coogan to have his memories a because he was like coogan at one point badass. says like nothing badass he's like nothing cool ever happens here so he's like you got out of this town and you're lucky because nothing cool ever happens here so now he's got that memory of something quote cool but he also then quill says look we need you to have the memories because then you will know how cool Peter Quill actually is. So that's back to like his ego thing again, which is fine. But yeah. as far as like this being like the highest rated episode, I love the stuff with Cosmo. I liked that they at least tried to touch on some sort of like human story with Quill and Coogan. And I liked that they tried to touch on sort of a family story with Quill and his mom. I just, it just didn't really land for me completely. It was okay. It's fine. If that's the best they got, then uh, I don't know. Uh, then we're in trouble, guys. Yeah, it's not like um, I, I don't. Oh, look, love it or hate it. Nah, I don't know if I'm there yet. So maybe we need uh, maybe we need a couple other opinions to help us decide. What do you think? Yeah, let's get some other opinions. Somebody out there had to love it. Yeah, somebody else had to hate it. That's true. We found them both. We, got both. we found them both. We got both, and they're the <laughs> same person. No. <laughs> All right, you're gonna take the love it tonight, yeah? Yeah. Um. So here we have from uh Cody. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna go I'm Obrapta. Not, yeah, Obrapta. Cody Obrapta. Cody, from you New made Jersey. that shit up. Yeah, Cody. Cody, knock it off. Cody, what are you, Cody, what are you doing? Cody, stop it. All right, t- back in 2015. Uh, this is great expansion to movie and awesome standalone show. The Guardians of the Galaxy TV series is a great continuation of the widely successful and entertaining movie Guardians of the Galaxy. The show nails the characters and goes into more depth about them, specifically into their past. The adventures of Guardians the, the adventures the Guardians experience together are thrilling and also comedic. It's also really cool how the TV show expands upon the movie's popular soundtrack, Awesome Mix Volume 1, and its own excellent soundtrack, Cosmic Mix Volume 1, consisting of similar songs from the 70s, Overall, this is a great show, and I look forward to the finale, which is sure to be a phenomenal mix of funny, exciting, gripping, thrilling, and suspenseful. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I didn't, I didn't get Cosmic Mix, bro. Cody Abrapta. I didn't get Cosmic Mix, Cody. Where'd you find that? I believe you, because 10 out of 10, you ain't messing around, but we, yeah, we but didn't I... hear it. Oh, boy, didn't hold on to your butts, because we got another one here. Oh, let's do it, Dave. Oh, we got a hater. I'm going to pronounce these words as they're spelled, and I'm going to do my best, so stick with me here. (laughs) All right? Stick with me. Some of these aren't even words, so we're going to see what happens. This is from All Time Low Bro 227. 
very recent, March 24th, 2017, only a few weeks ago. It's titled... It's titled Gerdanes of the Underwelling and Dull. Gerdanes. <laughs> Gerdanes. Pretty sure underwelling's not a word, not the word you want here at least, so... Yep, here we go. Gerdanes. Why was this show made? It's so boring. The phasing is dull. The writing is half-ass. Ed, there is nothing to this show that stands out. Instead of the animation, there no likability to the cactors, but there's nothing but flash and no <laughs> substance. Just stay away from this show if you want to support the movie franchise base of the Marvel brand. Ugh. <sighs> <clears throat> One sentence. Nicely done. No. No period whatsoever. <laughs> no, nothing. I don't know what a cactor is, but I, I love it. I don't know what a Gerdian is. is I don't like know a what a Gerdane is. I don't know what underbelling means or what a cactor uh, is. Anthony Gerdane. What a great cook. Anthony Gerdane. He's the best space cook ever. Best space cook. One ever. out of ten stars for the Gerdanes. Oh, man. All time low, bro. Get it together. All time low, bro. Maybe don't post at like four in the morning when you're high as shit on IMDb. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Or do. Keep it up, man. Actually, yeah. I want to see more from all time low, bro. Yeah. All time low, bro. You got to <clears> get on this, buddy. Gerdanes. Cactors. <laughs> Can we, okay, so Sean and I are going to make a new animated series called Cactors. It's cactus. Uh, yep. Cactus superheroes. Cactus based cactus superheroes. superheroes. They, uh, they fight one another. Uh, they're led by uh, just, Captain Saguaro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the, the never ending mission to, uh, to deliver hydration to desert dwellers. In a world where water is in short supply, the Cactors. <laughs> There's one place that's out there that remains a mystery. The magical oasis. Nice. I was going to say oasis. Yeah. You I know, it. right? You did it. We're in and sync, it. man. I can't wait for Cactors. Cactors is going to be cactastic. <laughs> oh, oof. Cactastic. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, well, don't well, spitball. Well, I'm, we'll, we'll, I'm working on this. We'll work I'm working on this. Yeah. I'm we'll get there. <laughs> we'll flush that out. Captain Saguaro. That's the only Captain cactus Saguaro. I can think of. I can't think of that's any other so cacti. Good. I don't know any either. We're going to have man-eating jackrabbits. We're going to have killer cacti. Is this the, uh, the intro to Hey Dude? Hey Dude, yeah. Hey Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All right. That's the best thing to come out of this show. Fuck. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Did, uh, did you did love I... this or hate this? So, what, 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 so was uh... this uh, because uh, would you recommend this? Uh, if you don't recommend this, you get to give this the dip, which if you're a first-time listener, this means that you get to use the dip from Roger Rabbit, and you get to remove this cartoon from the annals of history. I'm not going to give it the dip. I know that. Got it. So I'm solid on that. All right. But man, I'm going to preface it and say, if you're a diehard Guardians fan and you like can't get enough and all you want to do is watch Guardians all the time and watch the Gerdanes, I'll say watch it. But honestly, I, it doesn't really feel like you're missing much if you only so you're watch right. the movie. So you're recommending it to... I'm going to say... I'm gonna say I recommend watching the first two episodes, and if you like the style, if you like the humor, if you like the like level of action writing that's going on, then then you can you can continue from there. But if you're not feeling it, then it's fine giving up on it because you're honestly not really missing a lot. All right. Yeah. All right. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Just straight up. I no. do. Do you give it the I dip? Just straight up. I straight up. I do not recommend this. I will not give this the dip. Uh, out of out of Stanley respect. Fair. Um, but I, I, I cannot. I don't think he had much to do with these at all. I don't care. Just I think he's a great man. Not much so I, I cannot, I cannot willingly watch 
these episodes and then say to you, the listener, that you guys should check this out. This this was not good. Let, let me say this. Um, watch the movie. Definitely watch, watch the May movie. 5th, May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, coming out. Uh, you have probably... I don't know how they managed to do this, but they managed to put even some of more of my favorite actors uh, yeah, in this there's movie. Yeah, there's a great they managed, cast. They managed to put Kurt Russell in this yep. film, which he's one of my favorite actors. Yep. Fucking blowing me away with the role that he has in here. <laughs> I'm losing my goddamn mind with him I can't wait ego. to see how and what ah, they do with that. Yeah. I am like, I'm flipping out. So this is a... But guess what? Not in this series. Probably don't give a shit because they're probably never going to incorporate him in anyway. Yeah. And they're never going to get Kurt Russell no. as a voice actor for this Absolutely shit. So guess not. what? Don't watch this cartoon. Wow, that's a strong anti-recommendation. I- I'm going to say give it a chance. Look, I'm going to say give it a chance. Uh, that's below my list, though, of check out the movies. Watch a double feature this weekend if you can. They do have them some places, so check that out. 100% oh, pick up the Insight Editions History of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic. It's, it's a really cool like coffee table book. It's huge. It's got beautiful, like massive, like uh, two foot by two foot or sometimes double page um, color illustrations that are absolutely gorgeous and they go all the way from the history from back in the i want to say 60s believe it or not all the way up to the modern era and you get to see things like um the original team you get to see different characters that have come in and out of the team uh, over the years you get to see star lord's original introduction in a black and white marvel preview episode or issue you get to see rocket raccoon's uh, initial introduction in a similar black and white issue uh, Groot originally introduced as the thing from Planet X, uh, and then eventually turned into like a hero. It's a isn't really everybody cool on Groot's planet? Aren't they all wrestlers? Aren't they all? They're like WWE style wrestlers. I don't on Groot's know if planet? that's from like man. We should have done the Rocket and Groot cartoon. That would have been something else. Oh. Another time. Um, no, that I don't know. I know that Rocket has uh, eventually at one point landed on Ego, the Living Planet, I believe, and was right. tasked with. Uh, clearing the surface of essentially like lice that were like an infestation of lice <laughs> but because it's on a planet they're like as big as he is if not bigger yeah. so that's fun what i'm saying is there is so much cool stuff and crazy shit and fun things and awesome characters in the whole guardians of the galaxy series franchise history that this show kind of does a, dis- a disservice so if you're looking for just something more check out the cartoon if you really want to dig into the history, check out that book and then go back and check out the comics. Honestly, there's a lot of cool yeah. stuff. Cool. That's my two cents, oh, I think. All right. So it's like a half I'm a still, lukewarm I'm, recommendation. I'm still sticking with my do not watch Fair list. Enough. Fair enough. All right, buddy. Now that that's all wrapped up. Oh, by the way, we didn't even say this is the first uh, episode in our Marvel May month. We're going to be knocking out Marvel shows all month. All month, guys. Not just tying into Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to be talking all kinds of crazy shit. Stuff yeah. from today, like Guardians. Stuff from 40, 50 years ago, like something to be named later. And then stuff from like the 80s and 90s too. So it's going to be fun. Stick around for yeah. Marvel May. But in the meantime, buddy, what do you have going on that the listeners out there might want to know about? Uh, guys, as always, I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. And I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Dave, what you doing? You can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. That's what I'm doing, I guess. Uh, you can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you're interested in finding out more about the show, you can do so at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also head on over to SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. 
Check us out on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Follow Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you have a suggestion or just want to drop us a line, you can do so uh, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Facebook, too. We've had a lot of people reaching out through email, through Facebook, contacting us, giving us suggestions, or just striking up conversations, and we absolutely love it. We love getting to share uh, in nostalgia and new cartoon talk with you guys. I want to give a big shout-out to App Reviewer for messaging us and letting us know that you were one of those people that used to watch uh, some of those, uh, the, the entire Transformers whenever they came to you when you were over in, the, in Russia. Yeah. That these are the ones that got all jumbled up, man. So we'd love to hear that you're one of those people who got impacted by this. So that was pretty rad, man. So thank you for shout. Thank you. I want to give you a shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep those conversations uh, going and keep those comments coming in because we love hearing from you guys and we love giving you shout outs on the show. So thanks again for that. And thank you for listening. We will see you next time for more Marvel May on Saturday morning cartoons. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday morning cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.